Amazing. I had forgotten the service started at 10. <laughs> so well, I'm early, but they're always, they're early and they're never early. Well, I've been up since 5 o'clock. My wife worked this morning and I've had all kinds of time enjoying the presence of the Lord, talking to one of our elders on the phone, taking my good jolly time and I meet... Uh, uh, someone coming in and said, well, obviously you're not preaching. And I went, yeah, I am. <laughs> I still didn't get it till I got to the back hallway and looked at the monitors and Michael's halfway through the announcement and I thought, <laughs> anybody else out there human? Yeah, that's good. Okay, well, we have a secretary for our congregational meeting. Let me uh, actually call our elders, and if your spouses are here, come forward and just stand right here. Jack and Terry Andrews, hurry, hurry, if you're here. Bob and Nancy Glasgow, <clears throat> either of you or any of you who are here would be great. Duke and Jennifer Lineberry, I see Duke here. Uh, and then uh, Stacy and Monica Miller, are you here in this service? Don't know that they are. Uh, those... Four uh, are actually um, the nominations from our no your nominating committee for elder. That is uh, Stacy and Duke and Bob uh, and uh, Jack. And for uh, our deacons, uh, we have uh, Jimmy and Sandy Bell. I think I saw you on the way up sneaking as I snuck in the center aisle. <laughs> uh, James and uh, Jana Hall. I think I saw James here. Uh, Lesson Eileen Kearns and Kyle and Brittany uh, Pennington. And for the first time uh, this year, we actually have begun a program of um, deacons in training. And uh, that does not mean they're junior deacons. That means they're not ordained as deacons, but they have come alongside and we're uh, asking you to be praying about others who may be in training and discipled uh, as to becoming deacons the following year, uh, and Stephen uh, and Catherine Madison. Where are you, Stephen? Uh, he has uh, uh, volunteered as one of our uh, deacons in training, and we're glad uh, that you, each one of you are here. Uh, now, you already have a motion from the nominating committee to receive these individuals. There are four people to fill four slots of the elders, there are four people and four slots for uh, deacons and one in training who will not be ordained this year. Uh, so that motion is right now. It does not need a second. Uh, therefore, a voice, simple voice vote is all we will need. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Hearing none, so moved. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, We had the same problem yesterday at a funeral that we did. Back on right now. Um, let me say that each one of those who stood before you today have been tested in terms of their testimony and their sense of call to ministry. Chaired by Luke Sampson has done a, an amazing job, and they tell me that each one of them are superior 
in terms of their sense of God working in them and calling them at this point in time. Uh, so that concludes the work of our congregational uh, meeting. Thank you for your uh, patience here, and I'm going to ask you to turn uh, in your Bible, if you would. I want to look, I want to take really only about 15 minutes this morning, I know some of you will snicker, um, and share a little bit about it in terms of the Word. Now, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit for the last number of weeks, and um, I've been talking specifically about hearing the voice of God, because if you can't hear the voice of God, the, the gifts are never going to be activated, because you have to hear the Spirit speak in order to uh, move ahead uh, in those gifts. So, this morning, what I want to share specifically is to ask the question, why uh, do some people struggle to hear the voice of God? I want to be real clear. That's the question. Why do some of us struggle as it, in terms of hearing the voice of God? Spiritual sensitivity, in fact, can be developed. Spiritual sensitivity, sensitivity to the Spirit of God can actually be trained now, uh, in order for uh, me to demonstrate uh, that scripturally to you, uh, Hebrews chapter 3 through Hebrews chapter 5, uh, if you read that on your own time, I can't obviously this morning, but the context of those three chapters in the book of Hebrews is about the failure of the children of Israel to hear the voice of God when they were going into the wilderness and then to obey it. Now, if you understand that, the failure of the children of Israel to hear this is really God and then to activate what they heard and obey it is what kept them in the wilderness for 40 years. Anybody want to say amen to that? And they, for 40 years they struggled in the wilderness environment because they did not hear, or if they did hear, they did not activate in faith and walk it out. So turn with me, uh, if you will, to Hebrews chapter... I want to look at three texts. Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 3. Just a couple of texts and lift them out for you. The first one is Hebrews 5.14. Um, it says this, Hebrews 5.14. But strong food belongs to those who are full of age. Can you say full of age? Anybody full of age in here? That's not what it means, chronological age. What it means is spiritual maturity. Uh, so, but solid food belongs to those who are mature spiritually. That is, those who have, uh, by reason of use, reason of use. Those who are mature have become mature by reason of use and have, have, their, have had their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So their spiritual senses were exercised, and uh, that is what made them mature. And what I'm trying to communicate here is very simple. The church of Jesus will remain absolutely immature to the extent that we, or she, we, the church, do not hear and use and practice and release our faith into both hearing and doing what God says. Hello? Did you all hear what I just said? The church will remain immature to the extent that we don't use 
uh, and exercise our capacity to hear the voice of God in order to do it. Okay, so that's my premise, that's my thesis, if you will. Strong meat belongs to those who are full of age, that is mature, that is those by reason of use, that means practiced habitually, have their senses exercised to train like an Olympic champion to discern both good and evil. Practice to exercise your spiritual senses is essential to hearing. Now let me back into Hebrews chapter 4 for just a moment, another text, this time uh, verse 2, it says this, For indeed the gospel was preached to us just as it was to them. Who's the them? Those who were not believing and not hearing and spent 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, therefore, verse 2 of chapter 4 says that, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but here's the problem. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Why? Being, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Now the point is pretty clear there. Um, and that is that we can, if we don't hear the voice of God and exercise and obey what that voice says, we'll continue to not hear. Faith is required in order to activate the voice of God speaking to us in order that we might obey what God says. One more scripture, and this comes in now chapter 3, verses 7 and 8 of Hebrews, Hebrews 3, 7 and 8. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, who's speaking there? The Holy Spirit. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, not tomorrow, not next week, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. You see, so the admonition of Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 4, and chapter 5 is that God wants to speak. We have to be able to hear. We must mix what we hear by faith. It's critical to have faith that God has spoken in order that we might do the word that He speaks. That's what Hebrews 3, 4, and 5 is saying. Therefore, Rebellion in the wilderness was essentially a failure to hear and obey by faith. Spiritual sensitivity, then, to the voice of God um, can be trained. Hearing the voice of God can be learned. Now, you might remember that, that a couple of weeks ago, I had three people come forward, and they stood up here in the front, uh, and the point of that was to simply demonstrate that faith can, can activate the words spoken by the Spirit. In fact, Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, somebody fill in the rest of that verse. It's impossible to do what? To please God. Without faith, see, that's the thing that Hebrews 3, 4, and 5 was saying. They had the gospel preached to them, but they didn't mix it with faith. In other words, they said, ah, oh, that can't be God. And therefore, it's shut down by their own pragmatic thinking, their capacity. They reasoned away that God was speaking. They're giants in that land. We feel like grasshoppers. 
God couldn't send us out there to do that. Oh, God just said, go, I'll take care of the giants. And they said, no way. And they didn't act on what they heard. They had no faith, and they spent 40 years in the wilderness. You understand what I'm saying? It's a very clear message, in fact. Now, let's look at how our spiritual sensitivity to the voice of God can be trained, can be developed, and can be uh, activated in our life. Anybody here want to know that? How the Spirit of God can, we can hear Him more quickly, more, more, uh, more ably? Well, let's just talk for a minute about natural senses, spiritual senses, and how these sensations are processed. So a couple of weeks ago, I had three people come up here, and one was, um, I think it was Al Samino, remember, he was the body. Uh, and then there was a soul, uh, a person in the middle, and then there was the spirit. And what this illustrated was this is how a human person functions. Body, by which they interact and, and connect with the exterior world. The soul, which is their capacity, cognition, their mind, uh, their emotion, their affect, their will, all that kind of stuff. And then there's a spirit. Three different, if you will, people. No, we're not multi-personality dysfunction or whatever that is. It's that God has made us to be body and soul and spirit and act in unity. Now, here's how it works. The natural sensations, and this is to, to, to go back and illustrate again and then to take us a little bit further in our understanding. Uh, why? Because Hebrews 5.14 says we have to um, use our uh, capacity to our senses uh, in order to exercise them uh, in order to discern the voice of God. So a person has natural senses. Now every person has five senses and they're our capacity to touch and to see and to smell and to taste and to hear. We all know that. Um, without five senses we cannot connect with the natural physical world. Those who can't see are in some ways limited by that, uh, that disability. Those who can hear, you understand that any disability creates a more difficult time to interact with the physical world around us. Information from our five senses, this, this, five, this, this person who interacts, this, this flesh man, the five senses takes in information and it's brought into the soul kind of this computer, this, this, uh, this non, uh, this invisible uh, person of the heart by which uh, external stimulus uh, comes into the soul, the mind, the, 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 the will, and is processed. And, uh, and it's processed based upon information that we learn growing up. Uh, so that my capacity to process externally in, in input uh, coming into me from the exterior world is based upon my ability to remember my memories and my experiences of the past. In fact, that's why um, a woman, a mother, a father for that matter, can hear their son or daughter crying in the um, in the toddler room, and there might be ten of them in there, but they hear their child. Why? They were able to... Come on, why, is that right, moms? You know the sound of your, your daughter or your son. 
because of experiences of hearing through the sense of, that, of hearing. That's the sound of your son or your daughter crying. Your memories and capacities and abilities to process that said, I better go check on little Johnny. He's crying. And everybody else sits there and says, how did you know it was little Johnny? They all sound the same to me. You didn't have your senses exercised in order to discern. Hello? Okay. So we have external natural senses, um, and the more we experience, the more we can understand natural reality. This through that outward uh, man. Um, so now we have spiritual senses. We all understand because we have been living our lives for years in the physical reality, interpreting sight and sound and smells and touch and all that stuff, and we have a big memory bank in the soul of experience and memories that helps you understand and interpret your reality. And everybody said to that, yeah, amen. What we don't understand, because we've not exercised and used, is our capacity to, um, to spiritually sense. That's where it gets a little bit strange. Why? It's no less a reality, we've just not used our spiritual senses, we've not exercised our spiritual capacity as much, and therefore it's kind of weird to us. So that on one hand we have natural senses, on the other hand we have spiritual senses. We have a spirit person living in our body. We're body, we're soul, and we are spirit. The spirit and the soul are those invisible parts of the hidden person of the heart. Now, the spirit man actually speaks to us. Um, the spirit person lives in our body and with our spiritual senses. Now, watch this. The same way you interact with the physical world through the physical man, you interact with the spiritual world through the spiritual man. But we have lots of exercise and experience working through the physical, but we don't have very much experience when it comes to hearing from the man from heaven. The, the, the same man who lives in our spirit, the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He who has joined himself to the Lord has become one, joined, like a husband and a wife, joined with the Spirit. So the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is living in my spirit, and now it's my responsibility to begin to use my spiritual senses and exercise them so that I can discern good and evil. That's what we just read in Hebrews 3, 4, and 5. Uh, so we pick up on the spiritual atmosphere created around us all the time. Now, non-Christians or those who aren't saved, they just call this the sixth Sixth cent. You know, you know that sixth cent you, you have. That, that sensation that's beyond the five senses. It's that sixth one where you're not quite sure why, but you're picking up on either um, a, an environment spiritually or a demonic movement, uh, Ephesians 6, uh, or a person. Or you pick up on the Holy Spirit's activity. That's the arena of the spiritual realm. 
And, and that realm is around us all of the time, and the Spirit of God lives in our heart in order to help us discern that stuff. And we've thought we've been crazy all of our lives. Come on. Because the rational mind begins to think it all through and to negate it and say, that can't be God. But we hear Him many times more so than we would like to admit. So we pick up on spiritual atmospheres created by people, demons, even the Holy Spirit. Unsaved people call this the sixth sense. Um, saved people have the Holy Spirit living in them, and He sharpens your spiritual capacity. He also speaks to us from the spirit realm. And He can, uh, uh, he can speak, and when He speaks, we can learn to identify His promptings in order to obey them. It really isn't that hard. We just don't have a lot of experience with it. What we have experience with is the flesh. And they, the Bible calls that carnal. Uh, rather than the spirit, the spiritual man discerns all things. The preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But those who are, who are saved, it is the power of God. Uh, so we have physical sensations and we have spiritual sensations. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I did say. Now, how do you process the sensations then? Naturally, the natural sensations, information from the natural physical senses enter your soul and you process the experience through, uh, through your understanding, your past frame of references, your experiences, your memories, all that stuff, and you go, yep, yep that's what happens. That's, that's what's going on. Well, the spiritual is very similar, and that is spiritual information from your spiritual senses enters the soul as spontane spontaneous thought. Um, a thought that's in picture form. A word that comes to you that sort of drops into your spirit Spirit from nowhere. Now, how you process that is everything. Because if you say that information from the physical world goes to the soul, your mind, and you process it and go, one, two, three, you have it, bing, that's what's going on. Information from the spirit realm or from the Holy Spirit comes into the soul, into the very same place, the place of cognition, and we go, tilt. Understand? In other words, we begin to um, speak it down. Uh, we begin to, uh, the thoughts, the impressions, the pictures, um, we begin to process it through the mind and disregard it. And until the mind has been trained to recognize and to yield to spiritual impressions from the Holy Spirit, you and I will tend to ignore and reason them away. The very same way they, who had the gospel preached to them, rationalized the voice of God away and spent 40 years in the wilderness. You see that? We can do the very same thing. Therefore, the writer of Hebrews says, therefore... 
exercise and use uh, that gift in order to um, develop the hearing. So, um, as the mind is renewed, the mind, the, the soul here, as the mind begins to be renewed, how do you renew your mind? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal. How do you transform and renew your mind? It's through this Word. If you're not cutting your teeth in the Word of God daily, you're going to be dull of hearing. Well, that's, it's the Word of God. It's the character of God. It's the fruit of God. It's that internal impression that comes to us by the Spirit of God living within us. So we have all kinds of people, going back to quote Hebrews, who are immature, for by now, if you read just beyond earlier than where I started, by now you ought to be teachers. But you still have somebody who needs to teach you. Why? Because we are immature in our capacity to hear. We haven't used and exercised our capacity to hear the voice of the Spirit, processing it accurately through the mind in order to, to then speak it or do it. So we need to learn at least four things. We need to learn how to receive spiritual impressions. We're always doing it all the time. Not all the time, but God is speaking to us. And He's doing it through right-brained activity, not left-brain logic. You know, not... not He's doing it through creative thought. He's doing it through spontaneous flow. He'll drop a word into your spirit. He'll drop a picture into your spirit. Um, and then he's saying, did you hear that, Steve? That still, small voice. Did you hear that? And then it goes to my soul, and I go, what really often I do is I don't think that's God because I don't want to obey it. Come on. Be truthful. Now, it's important that we use our spiritual senses and exercise them so that we can discern. The first thing we have to do is to receive spiritual impressions, these pictures, words, or promptings. And some of them seem bizarre. Why? Because we're used to sight and smell and touch and, and hearing. We're used to the five senses, and we're unused to the spiritual impressions or the spiritual language of the Holy Spirit. So we have to receive the spiritual impressions, and then secondly, we need to identify and evaluate them biblically. In other words, take them into your soul and not disregard them. Just go, hmm, is that God? Well, it's, it's consistent with His Word. It's consistent with His character. It, it could lead to fruitfulness, consistent with this, the fruit of the Spirit. I have an internal witness of it to my, in my, my spirit, Maybe I need to do something about this. Now, to the extent that you get that far and go, no thanks. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. We've all done it. So, no, I don't think, I, no, I don't want to go talk to that person. Steve, I said, go talk to that person. What am I, what, what I going to say? I don't have anything to say. I just want you to go and engage with them. And therefore, Today, if you hear His voice, harden not your heart in the very same way as those 
who rebelled against God in the wilderness and spent 40 years in the dirt. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Some of us have some work to do on hearing and obeying in order to move in what God has for us. We have to receive spiritual impression. We need to identify and then evaluate it biblically rather than carnally. We need to then inquire from the Lord about more information. God, you want me to go speak to this person? You know, is there more you want to give me about this person? Maybe yes, maybe no. But you heard me speak. Time to go. Kind of rhymes. You know, so you go and you begin to engage, and all of a sudden you see God do something. And, uh, and then fourthly, we have to take a risk. We have to speak or we have to act. Now, by analogy, when you hear something or see something in the physical realm, um, you interpret that by your experiences, and at some point you need to do something with it. Run toward it. If it's a flower you want to pick, run from it. If it's a skunk you see on the side of the road. You see what I'm saying? We, we, we base our action based upon what we see and interpret it through our experiences. It's the same way through the Spirit. Once we begin to hear, then evaluating it properly, now it's time to do something with it. Two weeks ago, I talked about one of our intercessors. God spoke to her and said, take your grocery cart back and put it up, you know, take it back. Don't put it in that little bin in the parking lot. Take it back and put it in the, the foyer of the grocery store. He was like, why would I do that? And after she did it, she was expecting, well, God wants you to meet somebody up there and there's going to be this big thing. Nothing happened. But what she was doing is she was utilizing, she was using her gift and she was training herself to hear. And even, see, God, I think, was testing her. Do you really want to hear my voice in the small things? Then go put the grocery cart back where I told you to. Okay, I go, okay, now what? Now what? Now the next assignment comes. If you say no, you simply cut the flow of the Spirit. Example. We were talking about this Wednesday night two weeks ago. What if... God would speak to you during worship and say to you, I want you to come forward and, and get on your knees right in the middle of the church. You've just gotten what may be a spiritual prompting. Now it goes to the soul. Come on, fill in the blank. What happens? What will people think? I couldn't do that. I would be embarrassed. Do you know that we don't know why God does what He does or why He would say to you certain things? But if you will begin to test that, identify the, the impression, uh, and then evaluate it biblically, and then choose to obey it rather than argue with it, I believe that's the starting place for massive revival in the church of Jesus Christ. It's where the, we can talk about gifts until Jesus comes. And it might be soon and it might be longer. But here's the point. It's not information that we need. We need when the Holy Spirit says not to harden our heart and to hear it and then act upon it. 
Well, I think that's really the end of my sermon here. Uh, but I got some, here's, here's three takeaways. Risk is required. Number two, practice is essential. By, by, by use, they exercised. Uh, let, me read, let me read that again. Um, strong food belongs to those who are full of age, that is, spiritually mature. Uh, those who have reason, because of reason of their use, pra- who have practiced habitually, have their spiritual senses exercised. You see, if you, we're lazy physically, right? Come on, humans are lazy. We're going to do. We're going to take the path of least resistance most of the time. I get that. I do that. We're also lazy spiritually. And when God says little things, you evaluate it, you process it biblically, and then you go, God, I'd rather be a fool for you and obey it and be wrong than to negate it and say no and grieve your spirit uh, and quench what you want to do within us. Faith, risk is required. Practice is essential. Faith is important. Without faith... It's impossible to please God. I was pondering that this morning. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because uh, he who comes to God must believe that, I think the Scripture says in Hebrews 11:6, must believe that he is. And I've always interpreted that as, well, must believe that he exists. See, he who, without faith, it's impossible to please God because he who comes to him must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I think that's how the text goes. I don't think it means faith in his existence. I think it means faith uh, that, that he is. Is is a form of the verb I am. God is not the God who was, although he was, but he's also the God who is to come. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart as they did in the rebellion. Okay, I think I've made the point. Here's what we need to do. We're going to close with this. This is a, this is a challenge by choice. Those of you who are going to go up to the mountains this next weekend, you're going to have ropes courses, and you're going to have activities, you're going to rappel and maybe rock climb. I don't know all that's being uh, laid out as options, but they will all be challenged by choice. You get on the rock face and you go, oh, I'm not doing that, man. I, I don't know about this uh, harness and this, ro- I, I'm, no way. What we're going to do right now is a challenge by choice. God's going to begin to give us words, pictures, spontaneous thoughts, spontaneous flow for people around you. Now, here's what I want to do. I must be real clear about it. And then we're going to stand up and we're going to get with one other person, preferably not your spouse. Why? Because you know too much about him or her. And you will call on your mind to figure things out and to speak things. That's not what we're talking about. We know how to do that. We're looking for spiritual promptings. So what I'm going to do is in a minute have you find another person challenged by choice. If you chicken out, Hey, it's okay. Hey, if you go, I, 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 I can't do that, that's okay. Sit it out and just kind of watch, see what happens. What I want you to do is find another person. 
I want you to do two things. I want you to say, uh, God, I'm opening my spirit. This is just quietly in prayer. God, I'm opening my spirit man to you. If you pray in tongues, if you have that capacity, you might want to do that silently and quietly. Open up your spirit and then shut down the noise of your mind. Oh, my goodness, what are people going to think? What if I don't get something? You know, I've got to perform. No, you don't. Shut down the noise of your mind and then just listen. And what I want you to do is take, it won't take 20 minutes. It won't take one minute. Say, God, I'm opening my spirit, shutting down my mind. Give me a word, a picture, a thought, um, an intuitive concept for that other person that you choose. And then what I want you to do is just take that word uh, and, and speak it to that other person. It's an, it's, now it's an inspired, you think, an inspired thought. And now I want you to just speak that word and, uh, to that person and then uh, pray along that line. Now it becomes an inspired prayer. Now I would call that prophecy, but that would freak everybody out and we, would, we wouldn't get anything. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand up. Yeah, the service has now ended. I want you to stand up. Dean, why don't you come up here? Um, find someone who is not your spouse. Listen for just a minute. Um, grab their hand and say, hey, can I, can I uh, practice on you? Now you can do it with each other. Uh, so just take a minute and say, okay, God, uh, I open my spirit. Lord, I open my spirit. I quiet my mind. Give me a word. And now let me pray. Father, give us revelation right now in the name of Jesus that we might begin to authenticate that in fact you speak even through that still small voice and allow us then to boldly process it, evaluate it, ask God by your Spirit for more and then speak it to that other person and then pray it to that other person. So I was, I was standing here and I was looking over here at uh, uh, Jen Lee. Come here, up here. And uh, the Lord just spoke to me and said, airplane. I don't know why airplane. It seems foolish to me. She doesn't look like an airplane. She doesn't look like she's taken off or doing anything. But I just heard the Lord say airplane. So uh, can I pray for you? What I think the Lord was speaking to me is that, Jen, you're, a, you're about to take off like an airplane. And uh, God has given you uh, the capacity to, um, to move in ways you've not yet accelerated into may i pray for you and so lord i just pray for uh, for jen right now that you would release unto her the energy of your spirit that she like an airplane might begin to accelerate and move uh, in all of the dimensions that you have uh, for her god help her to see herself specifically tooled uh, and constructed for your purposes god she is not um, she is not a Piper Cub, God. Uh, she is not some, some little airplane, God. She's a jet. And she's a fighter. So God, release that unto her right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, tell me how you felt. Uh, I felt great. Okay. It wasn't hard. Now, it just seemed weird, airplane. So find somebody and take turns doing it. We'll give you five minutes max. And for those of you who are chicken, you can slip out. Challenge by choice. Go.